All right. Hello. Welcome back to Time to Talk Titanic. Today we will be discussing um, Unanswered Questions, Part 2. Um, Louie, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing amazing. It's a Sunday. I'm not at work. You know, I'm just living life to the fullest, sat at home. You're making it count. To make making it, it count. Such like a nerd. <laughs> nerd alert. <laughs> Sat on a Titanic podcast. <laughs> All right, Aaron, how are you today? I'm good, Presley. Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. Um, my soul has been healed because I've had like a stressful couple of weeks, but then I've been dog sitting this weekend. And I just think dogs are just good. They're just good for the soul. If you don't own a dog, reach out to someone that does and ask if you can like, you own three dogs. Dave. I have three, yeah. Your soul has like transcended <laughs> already in heaven. That's how good dogs are. It's just, I've got it's, one, and that's enough. It's exactly oh, I'm dying, but it's worth it. it I have working. two chihuahuas. <laughs> oh, chihuahuas are super cute. A lot of people don't like tiny dogs, and it's not my preference, but I still love them. I just love all dogs. Um, so Aaron, yeah, you said really you've had a stressful couple of weeks. I mean, I we met up with each other like just over a week ago. Are you saying that that started the downfall, or? That, that, yep, that was it. The, see, the minute you left, I just spiraled. I just, you know, I was oh, like, I, left. I had like a bottle of rum in a brown bag. I was just, it was awful. It was, um, yeah, it was just, actually, that's that's something we can discuss. Louis, myself, met for the first time in person. Um, yeah. Because we, we shared a sensual kiss and, uh... and then Chandler arrived and it got awkward um, fast. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Chandler was there too. So Louis got to meet Chandler for the first time as well. So it was really so cool. hot in person. It was. Oh my god, he's so hot. <laughs> and his and... voice. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Okay. David, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing splendid. I'm very glad to be back. Um, I'm just wondering if there might be a chance for my parents to bring any of my dogs here to show on camera, but they're not that. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, yeah, I'm just glad to be back. It's uh, a good time, I reckon. Good. Well, all right. Sebastian, how are you? Very good. I've been out volunteering on the trams today, so I'm a very happy chappy. That's good. <laughs> I'm doing Ready good. Ready to be back here. <laughs> Presley, how are you? <laughs> how are you? The most important question. Guys, guess what? I'm going to Las Vegas in oh. two weeks. To see Jimmy Buffett, and I'm like, Mom, we have to go to the Titanic exhibit. I haven't seen it since I was 10. Absolutely. So I barely remember Damn. it. So I'm like, we're so going. <laughs> I can't believe I've been to Vegas and my parents didn't even mention a Titanic exhibit. Um, fuming. Oh, well, I'll send I pictures. if it's well advertised. Um, and if it is, like, where? Like, is it just, like, random posters kind of dotted around? Or is it, like, you know, I'm assuming there wouldn't be, like, a built... I mean, there might be, actually. I'd assume that it's some kind of hotel. is that like quite a famous quite a known yeah or... so it's in the luxor yeah. hotel which is like the pyramid shaped hotel and oh. they got like oh okay going on in there but then there's also the titanic exhibit <laughs> i stayed i stayed near there i stayed in um circus circus that has like a massive theme park inside and there was a roller coaster it was great nice america's crazy it is so <laughs> I was about to say weird, but I didn't want to insult Presley. It's crazy. Land of the free, home of the weird. <laughs> I mean, Just, yeah, we'll take it. 
<laughs> I, I, was, I was looking at the the analytics um on anchor fm which is like the platform that i upload the audio to so it goes on like spotify and apple Podcasts and all that and i was really surprised actually like a quite a huge like it's like over 60 percent of our audience is american and then it's like 30 or no under 30 um like uk i kind of actually thought it would be more like similar or it would be more uk so I was actually quite, yeah, interested with that. And um, like our accents, maybe? That Honestly, that could be it. That, Is that, that accent? Be it. Yeah. <laughs> you just think that's American in a nutshell. There's some British accents. It's like, like, like who's a thing? It's like, oh. We'll let Presley answer that one. <laughs> I it's, want it's, to know how it's been what? going over there with the Queen's death and everything. I was just about to say, it's <laughs> kind of unfortunate that Louis and I, because when we met up, it was the day after she had passed away um so and we were meant to be going on the royal yacht britannia which was her kind of like holiday and party yacht um it's mm. in the crown season one of the crown um you see it's like a cgi version of it and they build like a set but it is that shit um but obviously they closed it which i think was the right thing to do because it would have felt a bit icky kind of walking around it knowing that she's like dead and you're kind of they would have exploded with ticket sales um, and yeah. dis- despite the fact that it is the number one tourist attraction in the uk which i think is really odd because if you don't know edinburgh which i think a lot of people listening won't it's quite out the way um and i live yeah, right next to it but even to get to my house like if, if i say to people even from edinburgh oh i live here they tend to not know where i am um yeah. so the fact that enough people know about the the yacht and go there and yet it seems like it's so out of the way. It's quite strange. Um, yeah. But we, we was, were meant to go there. And yeah. my, my thought was to film it and do a kind of vlog almost and upload it to here. Um, but obviously we couldn't do that, um, which is, yeah, yeah. understandable. It's, um, it's weird. I've lived in London all my life. And obviously the Queen spends some time in London, like, you know, Buckingham Palace is in London. And then the week I go to Scotland and she's in Scotland and she dies. And it was like, that's crazy. I just felt so somber as well. Suspicious, actually. Suspicious. Look at Liz Truss, not me. (laughs) Angel of death. Right right place, right time. I'm kind of wondering. It is suspicious. Our new prime minister saw her the day before, so if you're going to blame anyone, blame her. (laughs) But um, it was really somber, I think. Walking around, you know, the days in Edinburgh, it was great. And then that day walking down Edinburgh and everyone was just really like, you could feel the weight of it. And I mean, I'm in no way a royalist, you know, I'm not one of those anti the monarchy things, but I'm just like, yeah, they're a thing we've got. Cool. Whoever brings in tourism, that's great. Um, But it just felt very sad the whole time, which was, which I wasn't expecting, you know? Um, But yeah. And I forgot to mention Aaron, they gave me a full refund on the Royal yacht uh, and have given me two free tickets um, as a sort of apology. So I can send that voucher to you if you want, and you can go with Paul. Oh, thanks. Uh, I appreciate that. Paul will refuse. He's a staunch Republican, and his Louis knows this. Louis is like, the taxpayer bought that boat for them. It's already ours, so I should not have to pay to go on it. But if I tell him the ticket's free, he might take it. So <laughs> he'll be like, that's an option. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll just pay, well, like £28 for a flight and go by myself. That, that's really you, nice that they gave you free you tickets, though. That's, that's really good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Really nice. We'll refund so... and a voucher for um a free free visit when I'm next in Edinburgh. Good. Like, yeah, you can nice. use it any time. I was like, great, I'm back in London. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I'll, I, if you send them, I'll take Chandler and make you jealous. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> I'll just take lots of videos with his... Um, as long as, as long as you and Chandler don't find yourselves a little car in that boat. Well, we'll do the it. flying pose. I don't know how close you can get to the bow. Probably not very close, but we'll find a corner somewhere. We'll find a nice point and we'll just do the flying pose just, just for you guys. I think that'll be cute. Aaron, is that your phone um, in your pocket? <laughs> we actually went to see as well um, a play, a one-man show at the Fringe Festival in Edinburgh, uh, myself and Chandler and one of my friends. Nice. And it was it was so good that, you know, one man reenacting all of Titanic and it was so camp, so funny. Um, there was, I could hear a woman was kind of like getting like emotional, like crying, despite the fact that there's this like bald man with a mustache and a corset pretending to be like old Rose and then quickly cutting to young Rose and Cal and Ruth and Molly Brown. And it was, it was electric. It was the most, and then it ended with him singing My Heart Will Go On and the whole room was standing and singing it with him. It was just <laughs> one of the most electrifying things I've ever experienced. I, did I tell you guys that I'm going to see Gaelic Storm? You did in the group chat, but it was a while ago. See, Prez, Prez is just like hitting us with all these... I don't know what that is. Storm. Yeah. Going to see the, going That's to see the, the band that plays in third class. Like, they're a real band. Oh! Right! <laughs> they're coming here, and that. I'm going to go dressed as Rose, because I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I've like, thought about that from time to time. Like, it's actors knowing to play an instrument, but they, they seem so professional at what they do in that scene. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's... And I'm going to show up in a rose dress. They're going to be like, oh, God, these people. <laughs> they keep showing up to our shows. Americans. Like right, drive some Maggie guys. <laughs> you should do what she does get like a big pint of lager and just down it in one. That'd be so funny. So funny. Uh, while standing on her, on her pinky toe. <laughs> On, on your on your dippy toes, absolutely. I only know the name of that um the group because and this was like years ago. I was watching the like the videotape uh, Titanic, and to be fair though, it was when the like, the whole film was on the one tape as opposed to like two separate ones. And um, I just happened to kind of glance at the because I used to like the credits play because I really like that version of My Heart Will Go On because it's kind of like it's a slightly longer version and it's got slightly different instrumentation. It's a bit more twinkly, a bit more almost like um. I will always love you at the end of the bodyguard. It's got a slightly different sound to it. And um, can you tell I'm gay? And um, and I just happened to look at the screen at one point and I saw Gaelic Storm and I was like, oh, that's, but I kind of th thought it said Garlic Storm. And I was like, is that like a production company? I was like, Garlic Storm, nice. And then I looked and I was like, oh, it's the band, awesome. But I was like 10, but it's just always stuck because I thought it was a really cool name. Um, see if I could have them play at like my wedding or my funeral or something, that'd be like super cool. Um, oh, wow. very, two, very two opposites. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Why, not both? Why not well, both? I'm never going to get baptized. Um, well, not that I know of. And I can't think of like any other big celebration. Maybe like a birthday. I don't know. That'd be e cool. Either the happiest that. day of your life or the happiest day of uh, someone else's life. My enemy's life. <laughs> so happy for you, Presley. Honestly, that's like so cool. That's super cool. And I take it they are, are they like, where are they based? Are they... Are they American? Are they Irish? Are they, you know, what's their kind of, are they Canadian? Like, I I don't know. I think they are from around where you guys are. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say the, Gaelic. That's uh, The name would imply that, but then, you know, this show could be called, like, anything, and we don't necessarily need to be from, yeah. you know, so... Um, uh, Wikipedia claims they are American. 
Oh, Ooh. well, there you go. I'm like going purely based on the fact that I'm like, I want them to play this song. I want to wear my dress. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Gonna love vicariously through you. It's a like wish fulfillment. I'm super happy for you. Um, I'm looking forward to the videos. Yeah. Oh yeah. Our our group chat is like insane. I love the the things that go on. Whether whether it's Titanic related or anything else. Um, you should it's, get Aaron's it's like, chat. But, but it, and it changes like really quickly. You go from something that's like family friendly to Peggy eighteen <laughs> in an instant. Yeah. Yeah, you really it's do. It's usually yeah. Louis's fault. <laughs> but I love that Louis. Not not just it's usually it's usually Louis that does that. It's like it's Louis's fault. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a comment on our Facebook group, and obviously they got eaten alive. Um, but do you think anyone, you know, when things were still slightly calm and maybe there was like some cool little vignettes going on, do you think anyone set up their camera and tried to take photos on the deck of Titanic? I've of always like, wondered this. I've like always wondered. Do you, mean, do you mean after that it hit the iceberg, or just yeah. in general? Yeah. So there's like stuff. So people are like, you know, standing around in like life belts in like the grand staircase, or they're sitting having a, a coffee or something, and it's like you know midnight, or it's like one in the morning. Um, yeah. The life My... getting uncovered. Like, do you think anyone had the not the wherewithal? Like the this will be worth a lot more by morning. But, um, you know, like, maybe they, they just were like, this is a cool image, mm. I like this. And then like, what, the camera's just gone down to the Atlantic? Yeah, and like, do you think guess, anyone did that? I guess maybe the one problem with that would be, I'm not sure how much light there would have been on deck, and it would have, if that would have looked good enough for photography. So that's why I kind of also mentioned the Grand Circus, so like the interior. If they were inside. Know, yeah, yeah. But the, the interior of the Grand Staircase, I just dropped a pen. The interior of the Grand Staircase was actually pretty dark. I mean, in, in the James Cameron film, it's obviously very lit up. But as we know now, the, the dome wasn't lit up. Um, the lighting in the Titanic wasn't, you know, it wasn't like modern lights, you know. It wasn't like no. this, like I've got on here where it pierces light at you. They were very like dim sort of lights. So it would have been like a dark room at the time. Um, I still don't know if it would have been good enough for a photo, but yeah, I've I've also always wondered that about the yeah. um, the photos. But I mean, looking into it, it's just a bit like. Mm, I would the ask. Cameras would have been different back then. I mean, the 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 priest, I don't forget it or whatever the uh, Father, Father Francis Brown. Yeah, yeah, like he he was taking pictures in daylight, so that would yeah. have been a problem. But like you say, with the lighting and everything and the technology back then, I did I, I don't think it would be able to take anything that would be visible enough to say oh yeah that's like people with like uh, bells on and stuff yeah mm. i'm looking yeah. through the pictures now and they were predominantly outside there was some inside but they're sort of like wide open spaces yeah. lots of windows that kind of thing mm. what were you about suppose... to say presley yeah oh i was Sorry. gonna say um how common would it have been for you know just anyone to own a camera then i mean like we're talking about first class passengers probably that could afford it mm. but mm-hmm. like how common was it I, I could be making this up, but did they not find either the tripod for the camera or like a case with the like the lenses and stuff in it? Or not, well, I not think, the lenses, but like the actual. Yeah. I, I could. I maybe I'm thinking of like another. I've maybe seen a photo of it's from like another shipwreck, and someone said like five things they found from the Titanic, and it's like well, it's not actually from the Titanic, but um, right side by any chance? Positive that a tripod or something was found. And probably not many, to be fair. And um, people would have had 
you know, cameras and stuff. Like, I'm sure there weren't like 20 people like lining up there. Um, a lot of people pretty cool. Like, let's see who's got the best like bulb flash. Um, but um, yeah. Could to get into lifeboat 15. I suppose actually, to answer my own question and I suppose deb debunk it, um, the one photo that Francis Brown took of the dining saloon, um, you know, it was broad daylight, but it's still like, a, it's really hard to make out details. It's mm. so black and smudged and bloody and quite no, shiny. Yeah, there's a lot of like heavy yeah. contrast. There's lots like big whites, like lots of, not a lot yeah. of gray, I guess, to mm. make up all the detail. It's, it's similar with the it's similar with the photo in the wireless room. You know, he, he, there was like a slight double exposure there. There was double exposure, um, yeah. But also that room is, you know, the only light they've got, they've got like a, a small skylight at the top, um, which would have given like a small amount of natural daylight. Um, and I think if you look at that photo, even though it's double exposed, if you look through the double exposure, you see it's, it is quite dark and like everything's quite like very fine lines. Like you can see the pipe work and the person sat there, but it is very dim and very dark. Mm -hmm. yeah well cool still cool to think of you know someone yeah um yeah just not knowing the severity of the situation and thinking oh this will be you know people will buy this like newspapers will want these photos when we get told to halifax and eventually new york like you know it's it's cool yeah. to kind of hypothesize um it would it I, would I, be during the early moments wouldn't it because i think <laughs> gradually you'd be like okay get out of the way <laughs> Yeah. yeah, water washing over the, the bridge and collapsible B upside down. Like, <laughs> let me just get a picture of collapsible B. Hold on. Uh, yeah, cool, let's go. <laughs> yeah, this person would have been like the first equivalent of the modern day, you know, having your phone out when there's like a tsunami going on and there's like cars with people in them like rushing by you. Like, you know, it's that. Channel 5 did a whole documentary piecing together like mobile phone footage of the Boxing Day tsunami, I think it was, which incredible. Mm. Um, yeah. speaks to like you know modern technology. I was like video also... cameras, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. That's a really good documentary, though. Yeah. Really well it's done. Similar with like the Costa Concordia, you know, there's yeah, so much footage that, yeah. of that. Yeah. But I mean, it was it was 2012, and you know, if you think back to 2012, you think, oh yeah, the cameras were amazing back then. Hmm. But they they weren't like if you look at the footage, it's all very grainy footage, and it's all yeah. very much yeah. all digital cameras mm -hmm. with like a 16 megapixel camera and like a I mean, I don't even think the iPhone had a camera then. I'm not sure. I think it was like the iPhone 2 that got a camera. It, it, actually, sure. that's, a, that's a really good point because the footage from like 9-11 is much better mm. because people were filming that with actual like digital cameras, like proper like cameras. Yeah, camera um, models, yeah. So from their apartments or on the street, the footage of the very first plane hitting was because someone was filming a documentary about firefighters they were interviewing yeah. a firefighter and they caught the first plane head that was like just yeah totally is that the one where like the shadow goes uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's very... sort of, he sort of turns around oh. and you see the that's plane. Like the yeah, yeah. Well, it's the only footage yeah i did see it was recently re-enhanced and you can see a lot more detail but even then it's still really grainy and there's yeah. um i've gone through phases where i've been like I've always been stuck on Titanic, but then I go on phases like, say, a YouTube video will come up about 9-11, I'll sort of watch it, and then I'll get into this deep hole. And I remember I watched a two-hour video once, and it was like this HD camera that someone had in their apartment that they were pointing up at the towers, and like they were just like walking up to the window, walking around, they were talking to people. You saw like the explosion 
like in the background of the other plane hitting and like they've started screaming and stuff and it's like it's an amazing video and the quality is incredible um i don't know what my point is with that but okay yeah. is that kind of i think that's why there's such a huge crossover is that kind of voyeuristic morbid curiosity you know there's a reason that people will google like on youtube like 9-11 jumpers and we'll yeah. watch videos of people jumping up in like the plaza like the the shelter you can hear like the thuds of them hitting it and people watch that and it's like and i know about it because i've also watched it yeah and i'm sure if titanic happened in 2012 instead of 1912 there would be little handheld like old phone cameras with like those sounds you know people like the, the boing of the propeller man like you know that would be like a thing um potentially so it's kind of like people I think think about Titanic and it will it's not tangible there will never be footage of it there will never be mm. like uh an answer to the unanswerable so something like 9-11 something like Costa Concordia kind of like fills a void that Titanic will never fill in a way I think there's a, a, a this like a, yeah I was gonna say I think there's just like a really strange fascination with um the idea of mortality because obviously anyone who's gone through it cannot answer our questions about it and i think it's also that paired with extenuating circumstances like 9-11 like that was just never a thing that's happened in that extreme mm. case of sort of the what are they thinking of during this time mm. that sort of curiosity yeah, of like putting yourself there nature. Mm. With, with 9-11 i feel like people of our generation it feels so real Whereas Titanic feels like a story. And I feel like it's very similar with the, um, there was a World War One documentary, They Shall Never Grow Old, I think it was called. Uh, they Shall yeah, Not Grow Old, yeah. Peter yeah. Jackson, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, I've, I'm sure we've all seen footage from World War One and World War Two, and you're like, it's, it doesn't look feel real to us because it's in this old sort of camera, everyone's yeah. moving all silly. And then as soon as they slowed down that footage, put it in 60 frames per second, added colour, added sound, you were suddenly like, oh shit, they were real people. This did actually happen. Yeah. I love and the I way they like... did it because I was just watching the beginning of that thing. Yeah, was, it starts like, off really small. It's like, yeah. oh, it's just another documentary. I'm a bit... And then, yeah, it just fades out and goes into like, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and suddenly feel... it becomes real too. Like you yeah. said. But I feel like with Titanic, there is nothing like that that makes people go, wow, that's, that's mm -hmm. actually happened. No, we only have pictures of before and after. Yeah. There is no during in it at all. Yeah, yeah, And exactly. even the photos of people that were there, like, because it took such a long time for the photo to be taken, people had to sit very still, not yeah. make a lot of facial expressions. So the photos, and, you know, they're black and white. So they feel very, like, impersonal. They feel very, yeah. like, cold. So as much as you can look at, you know, the photo of the, is it the Goodman family, uh, where there was, like, Mm. 12 of them or 8 of them or whatever it was and it's like yeah that's a photo of like uh, you know parents and all these children but they all look so like almost like scary it's all like, yeah. harsh I always just sat there like yeah yeah whereas you know like a 9-11 documentary I remember watching one where they had like home footage of the woman dancing around like her birthday cake and it was like her 40th birthday mm. whatever and and she was beautiful and so full of life and then it's like a week later this happens to her and she didn't survive and it's so harrowing but the other day I saw, um, and it was from 19, it was before 1912, and it was four photos of a mother and daughter, and they're all black and white, but there's one where the daughter's pulling her mum's mouth, like, open, and the mum's making a funny face, and the daughter's, like, hysterically laughing, and then there's one where they're both sitting very posed and, like, still, 
And then there's another one where they're both making funny faces. And I was like, it's not often you see photos like that. Like to the point I was I was like, I was mesmerized by these. I was looking at them for like five minutes. I was just, I was like, they're so beautiful. I love, I love them. Um, they were so uncommon that if you yeah. were to take a photo, yeah, that yeah, is. that's the ones. Look, how, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The nose one. Like, there it is. Yeah. How cute is that? So uncommon that yeah. when yeah. you had the opportunity to have a photo taken, you wanted like to look smart and something you could show people and show, oh, look how smart and elegant we are. Mm-hmm. Whereas now you can take a photo, you don't like it, you delete it, you take some yeah. stupid photos. It's just so easy. So yeah, as much as we can see all these people that were on Titanic from all classes that died, it feels like, I think people, there's like a detachment there because they don't feel human in a way. Because it, mm. it feels so long ago, they, it just doesn't, you know, they don't seem as human as maybe a modern day foe would, would seem. Yeah. And then as well, you know, the, the story itself has become almost like fable, like the tortoise and the hare. It, it almost is like detached from reality at this point. It's like, yeah. you know, it's used as a comparison. It's used as a, a measure of like good and bad. It's kind of, it's not like a disaster anymore. It's just it's a, a tale, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it shows when it's, it becomes like an act or something. Like I, I even found out they did a, a Danish version of the Titanic musical a few years back. And it's just the way that the, the, the actors describe their roles. And like, it, it's become a favor because it's not just Mr. Ismay, the, the, the chairman of the White Star Line. He's a character all of a sudden. It, it he's feels the weird. evil Mr. Ismay. Yeah, 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 yeah it's something the, like that. The villain. It's just, it's just... Yeah, super interesting though. So, um, we got on to the whole 9-11 thing, so we're talking about cameras, um, but that was kind of just something that popped into my head there um, in terms of unanswered questions. So, yeah. But, so, on that topic, you know what's really interesting? We kind of briefly talked about this in our group chat, but in America, we learn 9-11 in schools, but we do not talk about Titanic. Like, that's just... We, sometimes they mention the Lusitania, but, like, you guys were saying that you guys do learn Titanic in schools over there. I never learned it in school. It was never part of my either. curriculum. Yeah. Did, did I asked. I asked you, as well. Did you learn Titanic, Sebastian, in school? I think it was briefly mentioned from time to time, but it wasn't like a topic as far as I recall. Oh, ours was a full... Because ours is mostly like uh, general Danish history, the occupation of, of Germany and all that. Mm-hmm. Not much Titanic there. So the thing is a shame because I know I know I've mentioned it before. But we had like a few people who went down there and, and and died. So it's it's a small piece of the Titanic history, but it, but it's there. I don't know why in Scotland it is. It's part of the curriculum and it still is. But I didn't learn it until second year of high school. So I was like twelve, um, and yeah, it was like a proper you know. I'm still scarred by this. So I was obsessed with Titanic. Obviously, I had been for like years at this point, and people kind of knew because, like, I would like sit and draw it in my drawer. Like, I wouldn't be listening in maths, and I would just be drawing the Titanic from memory. And people would be like, kind of like in awe, but then also bullying me for it because it's a bit weird, and it is a bit weird. Um, but then when it got to this point in history class, we had to write a newspaper um, as if it was like the morning after, and we just found out that the Titanic sank, or we don't know if it sank yet so it's like one of the two and basically in my head I was like right I don't want to out myself as this person that knows way more than we've actually been taught because like Mrs McCann was teaching us about it and in my head I'm like she, she didn't mention that but that's cool okay I know this right. but she... 
Um, but so my newspaper article, it was it was fine, it was okay, but I definitely held back a lot, and I knew I was doing that. But then people given like amazing ones, like so like super long, like super detailed. They put in stuff that she didn't teach, and I felt so. And she still said it was good. She was like, "Oh, Arden, yeah, yours is great." But then there were like three people that like went way out on it and got like super praised. And it, it was like one of those points in my life where I was like, I'm never, it doesn't matter what it's for, whether it's Titanic or like, it doesn't, anything. I'm never going to hold myself back because yeah. of what other people might think. Like, I don't care if they're going to bully me for it. I don't care if, you know, and at 12, that's quite a, a deep lesson to learn. But yeah, that's always, always stuck with me. Um, but the primary school I work in now, so it's ages like four to 10, um, they teach it as part of the P6 curriculum. So these kids are like nine and they're getting taught Titanic. So actually it's being taught much earlier. And then I think they teach it again in high school more in depth. But I don't know why it's a Scottish thing. I'm really surprised that, you know, David and, and Louis weren't um, taught it in school. That's really strange. Yeah. I think we I might have... the tech boat. <laughs> I feel like we might have touched on it with like maybe one or two lessons in year six. So I was between 10 and 11 because mm -hmm. I vaguely remember them showing a clip of the film with the when they're lowering the life lo uh, loading the lifeboats and they're like throwing baggage over the side mm -hmm. um and like I think it's Lytle who's shouting what's this luggage doing here and like chucks it over and stuff I yeah. vaguely remember seeing that in school but it definitely wasn't a core part of the curriculum it wasn't something that we spent a long amount of time on I think it was one maybe two lessons mm -hmm. um but yes, it was. It was. It definitely wasn't like a major part of the curriculum. Interesting. That's. I'm actually going to um because obviously I don't know about the English kind of curriculum, but the Scottish it's a curriculum for excellence. So you've got your kind of your learning intention, and then you've got basically how you're going to achieve that. So mm. you know, learning Titanic, you could say the intention is I can hear about a historical event. And that I can then recount that event uh, or I can summarize that event. So, you know, you learn about it for a week and then at the end of the week, you stand up and give like a little five minute presentation to show that I've listened. I can retain the knowledge and I can, you know, regurgitate the knowledge, basically. Yeah. Um, so it's not so much about Titanic. It's kind of just we'll pick this really solid event that it happened over the course of like a night. You know, it's not World War One. It's not, you know, the Romans. It's not like the Highland Plainses. It's this one very, like, small event. And it's very self-contained, you mean? Yes, very self-contained, which I think that's why they use it. Um, not because it's the Titanic. I think it just, it so happens to be the Titanic. Um, it's, um, I've got a, a friend who's a history teacher in Liverpool and he works for a private school and, and in this school they it's, it's either a private school or an academy I'm not sure which and they sort of pick and choose what they want to go in that year yeah. and I remember asking him, I was like did you have you ever taught Titanic and he said we taught it last year and it's it's in the curriculum it's like a pick and choose it but they haven't chosen it for a while now but they have yeah. like so they sort of had that sort of opportunity and he went one year we did choose the titanic and then after that we we didn't go back to it so i know for some places it is an option for the school to decide to include um which was in his case i, I think see if i was a head teacher i wouldn't even though i'm a titanic fanatic i wouldn't 
make it if I had like my own school, like a private school, and I could I could decide. I think I'd make it compulsory for the younger years, but then actually when it gets to like the older ones, I'd have like the plague, you know, World War One, um, even like a full decade, like the 1960s, where like a lot happened, um, as opposed to like the Titanic. I think I think I can un I can understand not being compulsory because yeah. like David said more eloquently than me, it is very self-contained. So unless you're going to then get the kids to do a dissertation on like safety regulations at sea, um, you know, in the 1930s and how they were impacted by the Titanic in 1912, like, which that would be super cool. Um, but it's also not like super, you know, um, but yeah, good question, Prez. I like that. Um, that was, that was quite eye opening. I didn't realize it was so niche, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But that's pretty niche. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it'd, be, it'd be cool though if they start teaching it more like um, we in, in the school I work we had a guy from NASA I think he's retired now but he was speaking to and to be fair the kids were a bit young it was a bit much for them but it was just a Q&A so it, it, I, it was so funny um, so he kind of introduced himself it was on Zoom and you know he was using very kind of like basic language so the kids got that he worked with like NASA and they knew what that was because they were learning about space and then, you know, did his little five minute intro and he was like, any questions? And there's this boy that had his hand up like pretty early on. And um, so the teacher was like, yeah, what's your question? And he asked the, the screen, he said to the man from, from NASA, can I go to the toilet? <laughs> and, and he was like, yes, yes, you can. Um, but then the questions were great. Uh, so, like a kid, this seven year old kid was like, what happens if you die in space? And he was like, Ooh. And he answered it very, you know, for a seven-year-old, he gave like a good answer. They were like, where do you poo in space? Where does the poo go? I was like, these are like good questions. So can you imagine like Bill Willard or Steve Hall or Presley or like David, like, you know, like going like on a screen in a school talking about the Titanic to kids that are like, they're seven or they're 10 or it's like a high school, they're like 12, like, and like giving a more kind of nuanced kind of, um, not going too much into it, but kind of like talking about how impactful Titanic was and how useful it is to learn about these things and kind of like humanizing it a little bit. Um, Bill Willard, you know, Louis and I spoke to him, he'd be a great one. Uh, he's got such a like storyteller voice and he's got yeah. like this like southern drawl kind of, he'd, he'd be excellent. That was really cool. Um, I am going to have to hop off early because my eye is going crazy. I don't know why, and it's really itching. It's starting to puff up. So I'm going to head off this podcast early. Um, You've not been, like, stung or anything, have you? No, I haven't. It's been happening a lot recently. I don't know why. Oh, I don't want to gross you out, but you can see it's sort of, like, <laughs> red at the bottom here, and I don't know why. It's, like, I don't know if it's like to do with my dog or what, but, like, it's puffing up as well. It's getting swollen at the bottom. Oh, yeah, so, you might have, um, like, a, a dog hair, like, in your eye. That'd be, that'd be awful. Possibly. So, possibly. Going yeah, um, go and try and get some water and like actually drip water in your eye. That should hopefully like clear out. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Aaron. Sucks to be you. Um, <laughs> I know. I, know. Um, no, I, was I don't I like the way you just got it. <laughs> but um, well, yeah, Louis, that's not a problem. Um, and, and if you want to hop back on, like if we're still here, like, you know, do. Um, and if not, I might see you next weekend at the one that uh, Jordan's free for. So cool. All right. Yeah. I'll catch you guys later. Peace Bye. Out. Bye. Bye, Louis. How random. <laughs> <laughs> What's an unanswered question? Ooh. Uh, yeah. What's in his eye? How, yeah.
Yeah, what's in his eyes? <laughs> that's that's funny. It, it's not funny. When someone answered Titanic questions to in general. <laughs> general ponderings of life. Um, so yeah, so any other kind of questions that Joe, last time we recorded, my question was I had like all these other kind of questions I wanted to ask, but then the question I ended up asking, which was kind of like the first kind of big chunk of the video, was something that I'd read like the day before. And it was about the kind of the positioning of the wreck of the bow in correlation to where it actually sank. Um so so yeah, in terms of like any questions we have, it doesn't need to be something that like you've thought about for like a long time. It doesn't need to be something that is, you know, it could literally be anything. Um Could you give like a just a brief summary of what's already been talked about in the last one? So and and you know, if you bring something up that's already been spoken about, it's fine because we're all gonna have different opinions about it. But basically the main ones I kind of use as like the Instagram posts. So we spoke about the central propeller, and I was basically saying, why haven't they done like sonar or something to to actually find out how many blades are on it? Even if it's I was like, if I was a billionaire, I would go to like Elon Musk and be like, Can I have some money? Because there's like six people on this Facebook group. They keep shouting at me and telling me that I'm wrong and I want to prove <laughs> that I'm right. Like, you know, and they that like, would incentivize him to give me money, to be honest, more than I any other you thing you could say. <laughs> I just I just need to become a billionaire. But the whole thing is you don't use your own money when you're doing like little passion projects. Although I also said I'd build like six replica Titanics. I'd keep one to like live on and like have my friends on. And then the other five I would sink just to like see how they all sank and see if there was like any variation and see which one I liked the best. Um, let's like I would like no nothing um spared like no expenses spared. They'd all be like exact replicas, and then I would like harpoon inside of it and just watch it sink. Um, just and Louis was like that. I like that. That's that's a good a good, a good use of your billions. And I could possibly answer a lot of unanswered questions. <laughs> See, but then could you imagine if like the second one it like rolled right. on its side and you're like, oops, don't know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> that that one, one, one Poseidon's just goes upside down. <laughs> yeah, one one just wants to be the Costa Concordia, and it's like we'll just score that one off. That didn't happen. <laughs> um, so yeah, the central propeller was one. Um, we kind of said it's not like the stern doesn't kind of command the same respect from people that the bow does because the bow yeah, lo looks like a ship. It's so you know recognizable. You know there was that beautiful shot in the Cameron film. Uh, at the end of the flying scene when it fades into the wreck because it is so perfectly preserved in a way yeah. um, it was almost just like they added rusticles and made it all a bit green and that was it Like, whereas the stern just looks like I think Louis said like scrap metal um, so there's not much reverence around that and there's not much interest and you know if they thought they could make money from like magazine covers like you know we, we finally found out how many blades are on the central propeller. People wouldn't care. Whereas if there was a magazine cover that said, we now know how long the iceberg hole was or like the damage, we now know exactly what that, people would be like, oh, that's interesting. You know, I'd buy that magazine to read, yeah. uh, you know, National Geographic or whatever. Um, so, so that was the kind of question I had. And Louis was basically like, it's not cool enough. And I was like, you're right. Um, the bow. I think it's cool. I, th I, I, I like the stern. I think it's, it's too because you have those like towers. Uh, yeah. Like, there's all the debris on the side as well. It's we, way more interesting. It's way more interesting. Like, honestly, hashtag justice for the stern. 
Yeah, I was about to say something similar, like hashtag the stern members or something. Justice for the stern. Uh, it's a shame. Like Lewis and Clark. It's gonna be a T-shirt. Yeah, like actually, Bill Willard was saying to us um, that I can't remember if it was like during the recording or when he was speaking to us afterwards, but I think we no, I think it was during the recording. Pretty sure it was. He said that like years ago, um, not long after the wreck was discovered, um, the idea from some like evil billionaires was to literally like cut these long slits in the bow put in machines and scrape the inside of it out and into like nets and bring it up to the top and basically just like so the cabins where the doors are locked because you know stewards were ordered to go and lock all the doors to prevent theft and looting so all these doors are locked so anything in the rooms pretty much stayed in the rooms um and and actually interestingly a lot of shoes were found in a corridor um and people were like oh that's because all these people died but actually bill was like it's more likely because first and possibly second class passengers would leave their shoes outside to be polished. So like at night time, there was a man that went round and if their shoes had been left outside, he'd polish the shoes. So that's most likely the reason why there's like all these shoes like heaped in this corner, as opposed to some people just decide, yeah, we're going to die in this hallway because that's, you know, <laughs> we're like one, we're one floor away from the boat deck, but we could just chill here. Um, it's like that probably didn't happen. Um, so like things like that, it's just... But yeah, these people wanted to like, yeah, destroy the bow, scrape the insides out, and see what treasures there were. Horrible. Just, That's horrible. It, it is it's like, horrifying. In, you can't. It do that. really sounds like the plot in some kind of movie where like the the like an evil evil billionaire just going like, aha, mm-hmm. Captain three hundred and thirty four. It's it's, it's, the, it's the writers trying to come up with what's what's the most <laughs> evil billionaire thing we could possibly think of. It's like coming across a whale that's washed up on a beach and instead of pushing it back into the water, you like, you know, take its blubber to make candles or whatever, like whatever you do with blubber, like it's yeah, it's it's evil. Like, and you know, some people would be like, Oh, it's just a chef. And it's like, well, it's not just a chef. And like you don't know what you're gonna find in those rooms and just leave it. Don't destroy. It's kind of um, I don't know if you're aware of like urban exploration, so like abandoned buildings and stuff. You know, I went to Mm The Countess of Rothis old like mansion. Yeah. And basically in Scotland, there are no such thing as trespassing laws. So as long as you're not breaking and entering, you can actually go on like you can go anywhere. And it's just to encourage like exploration and you know traveling and adventure. But when it comes to like abandoned mansions or like old creepy castles and stuff, like you can go in, but it's a full path, it's discouraged to like break anything to get in like if you can't get in without breaking a window or you know ripping off a door you're not going in and i kind of feel the same with titanic if you can't reach anything without cutting the ship and dragging it out then don't go in like that it's not yours i I think it's also like really transparent what they're trying to do here because the wreck is deteriorating by itself so i think eventually we will see what's inside so obviously like the intention isn't to find out what's inside it's to be the one who find out what's inside that oh my god oh i like that yeah, but i hate it idea. but but i like it it's so true it's like they don't actually care what they find they <laughs> just find like a watch and it's not even a very expensive watch but they're like i was the one that found that watch and it's like well yeah because you destroyed the bow to get it like yeah. and if you do that the bow is just going to collapse even sooner but the whole the, so the reason i mentioned that was because he said because the stern is so destroyed that's kind of not the, the bow is protected by, I forget the name of 
the the company that I think it, it is just RMS Titanic Incorporated. They yeah. own and protect this, the bow, but the stern's actually kind of just up for grabs. So if we did just come into like billions of pounds and create like a submersible, we'd be within the law to go down to the stern and take whatever we want from it because it's so open. You don't have to break anything to get into it. But then actually because of that, there's probably nothing in it really. Um, you know, the walls and the doors wouldn't have held up on the way down. So anything that was in those rooms would have been completely in it. To be fair, there was so much third class accommodation in the stern that there probably wouldn't have been much of value there anyway. Um, so the stern is actually, not only is it the least kind of revered part, but it's not even protected. There's no protections for the stern, um, which is really sad, I think. Um, it's pretty, pretty sad. Um, so yeah, hashtag justice for the stern. Absolutely. We should start a GoFundMe and just do it all on our own. <laughs> I, honestly, Presley, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> And the dangerous thing is people would actually give money for that. They'd be like, yeah. The, ta- the like, time to talk to ten expiration. Shut up and take my money. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I love that. Wouldn't, wouldn't it but just, yeah. like, just imagine, like, the shot of a, of a submarine, like, being lowered into the water and it has, like, the logo for our podcast on it. Uh, yeah, I don't think you could get better branding than that. Oh, it's just... Aaron, please, <laughs> make some, like, art of that. <laughs> I, I'm going to know. Honestly, that is. Window of the submersible is like our face. (laughs) Like I'll I'll upload it with no context, so it'll be like a submersible with our logo, and then just hashtag justice for the stern. No one will get it. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, I love that. That is it is interesting. You mentioned that. I just looked through my the pictures and videos I took at the exhibition when it was in London, and Mm. there was a, a lovely massive model of the Titanic, and then one of the wreck, but it's just the bow. They, they didn't bother making a model of the stone. Yeah, they, they looked at me and that's too much work. That's too hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, if I was making the bow, I would say the bow is too much work. And then if I was making the stern, I would literally just throw some like scrap cardboard and like you, paper you, mache. You, you could just throw anything in and people would be like, yeah, done. It does look yeah, like it's... wet cardboard, really, if you look at pictures of it. it it's, they, do you know what it is? They kind of... So if you get like a bit of a, a box and peel off the first layer yeah, of cardboard, yeah, yeah. the little ripples in between the corrugated, yeah, and there's yeah. a bit of metal that's like come right off the top. I think actually the the poop deck, and it's like curved back, and it does look kind of corrugated like that, like metal. Um, it's it's interesting. So never want to make a model like a little paper mache model of the wreck. That'd be cool. Just of the stern though, not the bow. Fuck the bow. Just the stern. Gosh, <laughs> and it's time in the limelight, you know. Yeah, it's had its moment. So it had the flying scene. Jesus, <laughs> what else does it need? Um, yeah, I love that. So, uh, Sebastian, do you have any unanswered questions um, regarding Le Titanic? It's Literally a tough anything. one because I think we've already touched on a lot of those regarding mortality and stuff. Because, because mm. like we mentioned, like the reason why like, people are into things like nine eleven and stuff, it is to, the sort of thought of putting yourself there. I mean, I don't know how many times I've watched one of those reenactment things where where people go in a flight sim and and they recreate the the planes going into the towers, and I just put myself in that horror of sitting on a plane not knowing what the plan is with that plane, what the hijackers are doing, and then going into New York City and yeah, obviously hitting the tower and sort of transferring that into Titanic of of hitting the iceberg, not knowing what's going on, suddenly the ship is sinking and 
the water's ice cold and then dying in that ice cold water and, uh, and all that. So for you, it's much more the kind of the human aspect. Like I think it's the human aspect because I started with being in, interested in the sort of events, the technical details of the events. But it's the human aspect that really gets me of, of that of that catastrophe, if you can call it yeah. that. Yeah, um, that kind of came up last week as well. Um, I think, and I mean, Louis, I agree, but I was saying like, you know, we can hypothesize and wonder about like so many minute details. You know, how severe was the list? Mm. You know, what was the angle of the stern when it broke? But then it's, you've got like over 1,500 people. In fact, all the people, whether they died or survived, you know, what were they doing at like this exact moment? And, you know, and we actually spoke about um, the Grand Staircase because in the, the Cameron movie, it's full of people. And we were saying, actually, at that time, I doubt very much there would have been people no, just sitting there, like, not. chilling. Yeah, like when you're at the beach and you're walking into the water and it's cold, your impulse is to, like, get out of the water. So I can't imagine people sitting and watching the tide essentially coming up to them. Um, your instinct would probably be to, like, get away from that. Um, so, yeah, no, I to totally agree. Totally agree with that. Unless you're Benjamin Gungheim. <laughs> Yeah, apparently he just was like sitting there with his manservant. <laughs> no, thank you. We have dressed in our best and I'm prepared to go down as gentlemen. But we would like a brandy. brandy. <laughs> that was a good impression. That was a good impression. Oh, that that's was. like the best that scene. That could have been you. Anyway, we would like a brandy. Yes. Oh, Sebastian. We're prepared to go been... down, but we won't go down not being tipsy. That's <laughs> you're, you're now recast as him. We'll get your tuxedo, <laughs> the little white silk scarf he wears. He looks great, and and his handsome like Spanish like manservant. Yeah, like, <laughs> love that. I, I, I went from like Londine or whatever his name is to, to oh, Benjamin. Yeah, it seemed like a weird implication there because his valet wasn't very expressive or emotive at any point in his scene. At any point, <laughs> he was willing to go down with that ship. He was like, yeah, you know, ride or die, and he chose die. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I, I wish we, I wish we could all have a manservant as devoted as, as that man was. Um, you know, he right. was su super devoted. Um, God, I love that film. It's just great. It's very camp. It is. I think that's what I loved about that show. That man basically just, he didn't do anything that I mean, it was kind of over the top. But I think why it was so funny was because he was basically just acting out all the bits of the film as they happened. He wasn't adding any lines. And it was funny because it is so camp. It is quite a camp film. It's so 90s. It's so, like, they are caricatures, but that's what makes it so, like, loved because it's so accessible. You know, you don't need to think about it too much. You just need to watch it and enjoy it. It's great. Um, oh, Guggenheim. God love you. <laughs> <laughs> And I, don't like, I don't even like brandy. I've had, I had it once and I was like, not a fan. It's like whiskey. I don't like whiskey either. I think so I much. had it once. And yeah. Yeah. No. No. Next unanswered question. Why would he like a brandy of all things <laughs> in the world? Could have but, any drink going down that ship and he just I'm sure Charles Joffin could uh, tell you why he'd want a brandy or ten. <laughs> like, you know, just keep keep them coming. That was honestly the funniest line from the last episode with me and Lou did. And it was like near the end. Um, because we just started talking about random, I don't even know if it was Titanic related, probably not. Um, it was like time to talk Teslas or something. And um, yeah, and Louis was like, This has gone off the rails. And I was like, you know, Joffin held on to the rails better than us, and he was like pissed. He was like so drunk. <laughs> I love but, that quote when you shared it because it's just like so typically Louis. 
Oh, it was great. It's like, and if you get it, you get it. If you don't, then this podcast maybe isn't for you. I don't know, but um, yeah. I was, I was like, when I read it, I was like, damn, it's it's on point, but wow, <laughs> <laughs> no words. I'd love to. Um, oh, I forget his name. That's really bad. But um, on Facebook, the guy that was the actor for Joffin and the Cameron film is a, a DJ now, which is like cool. I worked for like radio stations and stuff. Um, but I'd love to like, get him on, but I need to think about like what to ask him. And, you know, he he loves the fact that he played that role. Um, he signs like pictures, like behind the scenes photos of stuff and like, you know, sells them to people. And so he's not ashamed of, of doing that. Um, but yeah, I, I, if he was going to be on, I'd need to think about like things we could ask him. Um, because... Oh, we could ask him so much. Price is like, don't worry, I've got all Absolutely the questions. Absolutely, this. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, he's yeah, making I, the checklist for next time. <laughs> I'll, I'll reach out. I'll message him. Um, I mean, there's quite a few people. Like, um, I nearly said Kathy Bates' great granddaughter. No, Molly Brown's great granddaughter. Um, I've got her on Facebook, and I'd really like to get her on as well. Um, she, when we spoke to Simon. Medhurst and she commented and was like oh I just listened like that was really good so you know she's aware of the podcast so it wouldn't be like totally out of the blue um to like reach out to her but so there's a few people that that I've kind of got them in my my site so to say um but it's just kind of like waiting for the right time and you know thinking how like yeah what do we ask them like so it doesn't come across as I mean and to be fair it's always going to come across as a bit like starstruck in a way because it kind of is, it's, you know, it's always going to have a bit of that. Um, but yeah, so exciting things. Um, and and it's just the list like goes on forever. There's like artists I'd love for us to speak to. Um, you know, Jordan, who will be on next week, although he is like one of the co-hosts. Um, you know, he's working with Titanic Animations, who's really well known within the community online. Um, the renders that he's been making recently and like putting on Instagram, they're just... <clears throat> so cool so good um i love the contrast because like they're quite dark but the color that he's got the lights that that kind of like yellow orange glow i just think he's got it like chef's kiss it looks perfect um i also did some yeah. very good videos on on, on on like certain aspects of of the uh the sinking like like mm-hmm. one of those i loved when in terms of the uh, binoculars i wouldn't know if you could call it binoculars theory or whatever but the idea that binoculars would have enhanced their capabilities for like watching or seeing the iceberg uh, picking it up and he just put like through different kind of scenarios with roughly the same lighting roughly the same conditions than that night and then asking did you see the iceberg in this shot and then here's the shot with binoculars and and you don't know and it's like really well made in terms of wow it would actually kind of hard to spot it in the first place yeah so true like the the fact that we can kind of more or less with you know computer animation we can create what they would have seen and i think the argument is basically you know you were already just looking at a black mass so with binoculars it just would have been even more black mass um you know if you're looking at a black wall it's like oh look a black wall so then you look through binoculars at it and you're like more black wall uh, it looks even <laughs> bigger now <laughs> Yeah, it's like there's not much more, and I can understand why people, you know, ask that. Um, but even taking away the whole cold water mirage theory, um, yeah, the binoculars—they sadly, yeah, they wouldn't have helped. Um, 
that's kind of like an, an unanswerable question. Like, what what would have helped, if anything? Um, you know, I've seen people because obviously they. I don't think they show it in the Cameron film. They show it in older ones, um, and I thought it was a bit of um, you know, creative license that they had up like a Morse lamp, so a massive like spotlight almost where they could do Morse with turning it off and on. And I saw, I think it was maybe a night to remember or it's a German one that displays a spotlight where where the officer goes uh, turn on the spotlight and then you have this light going down in the water and they see the iceberg. I don't know if that's the thing you're referring to. No, no, no. So um, so it's not a spotlight, but it's on the it's on the both extreme ends of the bridge, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So they can actually use it um to Morse code, but using light. So obviously a very quick um, turn on, turn off of the light would be like a, a dash. Um, oh, the light, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it literally Morse codes light. And they they had that, they used that that night, but they don't show it in a lot of films. Um, but I saw it in one old Black Mike film and I just thought it was like, basically- I think it might have been, and I don't remember. It might have been- Could it, it could have been. It was a super old one and I just didn't think anything of it. But then it turns out they actually did use those. And in my head, I was like, you know, could they have had them on to like shine out in front? But then, you know, they probably weren't that strong, but then they were clearly strong enough that they hoped ships far away would see this. Um, so it's just a, a shame that if they had these lights that were fairly powerful, quite bright, could they not also just have one built onto the front of the ship that could shine out in front? Um but then would that light pollution then hinder the, the vision of the people in the crow's yeah. nest, the people on the bridge? Because it would have to be pretty bright. Um, so I think it's that would affect your night vision a bit, just theorizing there. Yeah, a bit of a, a catch-22. Because it like... wasn't the, in the video I mentioned, the Titanic I mentioned, that was one of the things he, he showed too. Because together with the binoculars, it's like a twin theory, I guess, because it's either binoculars or it's a spotlight so he sort of displayed both yeah um another thing that we mentioned um last week was kind of about like the breakup um that i think the older i get and what i realized that's kind of the part of the titanic sinking that really fascinates me the most because it was so hotly debated so it just it does make me wonder how above the surface or below the surface was the breakup. Um, and if the angle of the sinking was quite low, it kind of stands to reason that it wouldn't have been that visible that the ship had. And, you know, people did say that it righted itself. So that was visible. So it, you know, obviously did something, it shifted enough to be noticed. Um, but yeah, I do, I do often wonder, you know, where exactly did it take place? You know, how prominent was it? Um, was it was it very audible? You know, they could obviously hear things falling through the ship. Um, Wasn't it described because, like people thought it was like a boiler explosion or something like that? Yeah, um, something similar. If if it was a lot lower, I think that could explain why there was so much confusion because people probably couldn't yeah. really tell. Yes, exactly. Um, I think that's like one of the good at very few good elements of the 2012 miniseries is how dark the breakup was it could it probably was even dark in real life as well but they managed to get that it was basically pitch black it was just like a mass moving you have no idea what was really going on yeah 
yeah, that was a really good decision um, in that series because it's dark and it's it is a very low angle. Um, to Louis's dismay, it's so low that the first funnel isn't even in the water yet. But glossing over that, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's like that's it's like the ship has barely even like started to sink and it's already broken half. Um, but yeah, that that bit is very very good. Um, and the fact that they had the camera kind of going up and down from the water. Yeah. Um, which adds to the confusion of it all was really well done actually that was a really good decision yeah, you, you uh, kind of see it like from what a passenger you expect a passenger to see because i think it's like it's like a fireman whose brother was a waiter on the ship and and he's lost sight of him yeah. and, and you know you can feel his confusion because he's down on up and down the water finds like a collapsible bee i think it is he's crawling up on and yeah it just yeah it's just really well yeah done. i think i think it's really hard to visualize how to make a Titanic epic now because A Night to Remember is the quintessential old one and Titanic is the quintessential new one. So when you're trying to tell that story, it's sort of the idea of how to do things differently, but also in a way that benefits the narrative. So we had like the huge momentous explosion crashing with everyone on deck. So I think it made sense now to show that from the perspective of being on the in the water. Yeah. Because then the Cameron one, it's it's very choreographed, um, and not not quite robotic, um, but it is very. It's like we've got this side on shot, and then we're going to cut to above the deck house, and then we're going to cut to here, and it's whereas yeah, I really appreciate the kind of the fluid, natural kind of. It almost comes across as like a one shot take, um, in the the twenty twelve one. So I think that was a, a really good decision because you know a night to remember almost. When you're watching it, you're like, this could almost be like a play, like quite a good play if you kind of like worked it in a way. Yeah. Whereas, and then Titanic's like this like sweeping epic of a film. It's like up there with like Ben Hur and and all that kind of stuff. Um, it, it would be really hard actually nowadays to make another Titanic film and think, you know, how are we going to approach it? Because you don't want it to come across as like stiff and. And if you're going to do it properly, and actually people are going to behave the way that they would have behaved in 1912, because a lot of the mannerisms and you know the stuff that they say in the Cameron one, it, it is quite 90s, um, which is totally fine. It, it adds to the value of it. But you're, you've got to kind of think, you know, how much creative liberty do we take? And then when it comes to the sinking, how are we going to depict that and show it where it's still dramatic and it's still kind of like action-packed? but it's not forced it doesn't come across as like another 90s like blockbuster disaster movie um it, 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 probably why people don't touch it nowadays because they're just like yeah. how, how do you how do you do it um even aspects as as, as like the, the iceberg uh, hitting the iceberg scene is like something that's been depicted differently and people have different opinions about what doing it right because i remember like a review of and I had to remember where someone preferred the night to remember iceberg scene to Cameron's because Cameron's is like, you know, dun, 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 dun. A lot of things going on. It takes on like three time. times as long. Yeah, as yeah. It's like, yeah, like, oh, so. then you have the bridge, then cut to the engine room. And and for, I like that because the composition, the, the cutting, it it, trans, it transitions like the, the panic of, of, of the moment. Um, but I also like the, the night to remember because it's just so slow and it's tense and everything. But yeah, hard, hard to replicate, I guess. Hmm. What were you going to say there, Presley? Oh, I don't remember. But if we want to change topics, I have two weird questions. 
Uh, yes. Sure. Let's go. <laughs> I just thought of this one while we were talking about the stern and the breakup. So where it broke up is right where mm-hmm. the aft staircase was, right? Like that's probably gone. But like, I was just thinking people always ask, um, you know, what happened to the grand staircase? Well, yeah, it deteriorated. If we could explore the stern, like, is there possibilities that like that could give an answer to what happened to the forward one? Yes and no, because I think because so much damage happened to the stern. Um, so the bow, this was something I learned fairly recently, and it's like, it's just one of those little things where you're like, oh, that's cool. So when the ship broke, the weight of the bow section full of water was the same weight as the entire ship before it hit the iceberg. So just the bow, so just this like two thirds of the ship was yeah. now the weight of the entire ship before it broke because it was yeah. so full of water. But then obviously that means that there's no implosions going on. And so the rooms and stuff are still very distinctively rooms and the corridors look like corridors. Um, although they look like caves because there's all these like rock, r- rustical things hanging down. But um, so, yeah, I, I do I do see what you're saying. But then like, it's interesting though, because as much as like, actually the bow didn't have all these implosions and stuff. It's like, where the hell did the staircase go? And we found the dome, uh, the wrought iron cover, but we only have found the one for the aft grand staircase, which was like a small, smaller circle yes. one. Yeah. Whereas the forward dome was a large oval shape. So it's like, where did that go? Yeah. Why, why did that go? Um, and how have we found, like, we found cherubs from the aft grand staircase, yeah, we found the, the dome cover from the aft grand staircase, a lot of wood panelling is from the, it's almost like the Titanic set sailed from Southampton without a forward grand staircase, and people just forgot to mention that, like, mind your step, there's a huge gap, like, <laughs> there's no We don't finish it, we don't finish yeah. it. There's like a big bucket, and you just, like, lower <laughs> people down to D-deck in it. Um, yeah, it's, that's, to... it's weird. I know, I just randomly thought of that while we were talking. The Grand Staircase Conspiracy. Oh, yeah, what well, I started, yeah, honestly. That's our course of fame now. <laughs> there was no Grand Staircase. Yeah. People say that... I, um, feel, I feel like we were moving into Chernobyl, but it's like you didn't see Graphite. <laughs> you didn't see Graphite. Didn't see a Grand course. Staircase, I did. You didn't, because it's not there! <laughs> you didn't see Graphite. But, um, yeah, but like... Even in the Grand Staircase, they're saying that there wasn't a clock. Um, they didn't have time to make the clock, so there was actually a mirror there instead of the clock. Which so it's like even that is like up for debate. Um, I know Presley Space. They're like, what the fuck? Like, what? Like, that, that is something I heard. Yeah, was there? Yeah. A telling me there wasn't an honor <laughs> But and it's like people. There's no. It's like and one day it might come out. You know, there might be a a diary entry from someone who survived and. They mentioned meeting someone at the clock at the forward grand staircase, and then it'll be like, okay, because we know that there weren't any clocks on the lower ones. There was, there would have only been one there, but apparently, there's like paperwork to say that a mirror was installed in the grand staircase, and the only place people can think it would be would be where the clock would have been. But then, like, how random to have like a, a wee mirror like that size? Like, why? Like, <laughs> it's so strange. But then, what else you're going to put there? Like a small painting? Um, be very strange. So. Yes. And, and the whole, that panel was literally honour and glory crowning time. Not honour and glory crowning 
your reflection as much as that'd be kind of cool like you're watching them like put this little like cr crown on you um as we all deserve a crown um but yeah so why have we got bits of the the afghan staircase but no bits of the foreground staircase what the hell happened to it if the bow was so full of water that there shouldn't have been any implosion happening. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's like wooden hallways and stuff that are still kind of intact to this day. Like it's mostly the metal kind of um, beams and stuff. But I mean, there are still bits of wood. Um, amazingly, there are tiny fragments of wood. So if that's still there, why is the grand staircase just gone? Like, where the hell did it go? Um, that's such a random part of the. And it's convenient because it means we can send like ROVs down there. Um, but yeah. yeah, so strange, very strange. I'd love to find um, even just like the raw iron bit for the the dome, the forward dome. That would be like so cool. Um, it's somewhere, but where? <laughs> All right. Are you ready for my second question? <laughs> Go. Yes. So I tried to find this answer on my own and I just couldn't really like I don't know I'll, let's see what you guys think so had someone died before any of the tragedy happened what were the protocols that they do on board and I tried to find this answer like with like what they do on modern day cruise ships I think they usually just have someone like they keep the body on ice and like dock the family and make arrangements that way but I'm like what would they have done in 1912 that is a good question especially because voyages took longer Mm -hmm. hmm. Well, modern day cruise ships, because a lot of the clientele on cruises are older people, and actually a lot of older people will use their retirement to basically just cruise until they die. Um, lo love that for them. Then there are basically like many morgues on cruise ships. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so, the yeah. Titanic, I know they had like a like a, a medical ward. Um, which the third, the sorry, the fourth funnel was used to kind of ventilate the medical ward. But That's probably the one I'm thinking on because something in me that was like, didn't they have something similar? But no, I'm not sure. But then, yeah, it's like, so you've got a medical ward. What happens if, like, worst case scenario, yeah, like Bruce said, someone like dies? Um, Can't help but have this like morbid thought that maybe they'd clear some of the things from the freezers that stored food. <laughs> and just put them there yeah i don't know if that's a crazy like, thought or not i i wish like some white star line handbook existed out there where it was like oh. here's what they, do, they give people and they're like here's your protocols <laughs> the corpse chapter <laughs> the corpse chapter i i feel like if anyone that i could reach out to would know that it'd be tad fetch who co-authored honesty of glass because he knows like a lot um, and if not, he could point me in the direction of someone that might know, because that's such a good question. Like modern days, it's quite it's a given. Like people die, but um, yeah, like back then, like or you know, the water's cold. Do they just like put them in a wee dinghy and like just put keep them in the water, like trailing behind the ship for <laughs> like the last three days? Like, oh, oh, it'll be fine. You know, we'll make sure the seagulls don't get too near them. Um, but yeah, interesting question, Pez. I like it. You're thinking outside yeah. the box here. But that would be really funny. Like in the galley, they're reaching in for the caviar and they've got to like push past the corpse. Like, sorry, mister. Like, just ignore that. We know you just work here. You're kitchen staff. It's fine. 
because there's things we do know so like you know the white star line had a policy of like lights out at 11 o'clock so all the public areas apart from staircases would have been in so like the first class dining saloon would have been in darkness so all those like double portholes you see on the ship that whole section would have been black and um, although i did read or hear somewhere that when they started bringing up third class passengers um stewards were told to put them in there to wait um their turn to go up so actually uh, was that in the general room or so like it was either the reception room which would have also had the double windows or it was the first class things it might have been the reception room they were told to kind of sit and wait there so you can just imagine these like third class people like clutching their possessions like they've never seen this room before because they didn't come on the ship this way and they're being told to wait there for 20 minutes 40 minutes they don't know and they're sitting like in luxury but it's a bit like ominous because like the dining saloon is in like complete darkness and you can hear that there's people upstairs like going about like to the boat deck but you're being told to sit there and wait and and then also like maybe like a floor down from you where like the turkish baths are there's water you can hear water like waves you know blow you like that that'd be awful um so you know we know like certain things that they would do but yeah what do you do if there's a body what do you do <laughs> there's like that um thing where like if you got in trouble the master of arms like took you somewhere and i know that it wasn't where james cameron had jack but like i'm like someone tell me the protocols i love that there's that gotta now. be like a protocol somewhere it's the walking oh, freeze. Because I'm not coming from I'm telling you, I'm telling like you now. folks that are just, you know, these are the signals, these are the hand signals you use and stuff. Why start line? It's going to be like something. They're like, this is mm, the signal for right. walking freezer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, see, once the collision happened, you know how there was like lots of ice on the forward well deck? Whoever worked at the morgue was probably like, "Oh, I could use this." And oh like, yeah, scoop, yeah, scoop it all up. Like, <laughs> well, it's it's good fresh ice. No point letting it go to waste, you know. <laughs> that's interesting. I'm going to find that out now. Um, that's I would never have thought of that. Um, love that. Unanswered questions, and it's ones that we wouldn't have even have imagined. Um, yeah, I did want to ask an unanswered question. I, I don't know if you talked about this already because it's quite like a popular one to talk about, but like, what was the fate of the lifeboats after? Oh, yeah. They died, didn't they? Or they just what was that? Them? I'm pretty sure, yeah, Presley said they got destroyed. That's, it's not certain. So people have said, oh, they were given to Olympic. Um, but actually... I've heard that they weren't given to Olympic as much as because there was actually like a, a strike. You know, they refused to get back on the ship until there were more lifeboats. And then they gave them canvas lifeboats that were like full of poles. So they then got back off the ship and were like, come on, give us like proper lifeboats. And they did. Apparently, they were Titanics, but they would have had to have gotten those boats from New York back to which wouldn't have made sense. Surely they would have waited till Olympic was back in New York to do that. Um, so yeah, I've, I've heard that they were just, just, oh my goodness, look at that little floppy baby. <laughs> oh, Hello. Oh my gosh. Is it a Yorkie? Yeah. A Yorkshire, oh my goodness. What's his name? Lion. Oh. Lion. 
It's cute because it's so small. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. How old? Like three months. So we have a Yorkie that's uh, like uh, three years now. And she gave birth. We planned this whole thing. She gave birth to two. So that's why I have three dogs. That is so... Were you being sarcastic when you said we planned this whole thing? Or was it like an accidental dog pregnancy? Because they do No, have... we planned it. We planned it. Okay. So if, if so if David was on Titanic, he'd have been, you know, wearing his long overcoat with like two mysterious lumps. Three, three <laughs> mysterious lumps. He would have gone down to free the dogs from the kennels. Oh, 100%. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I love Isn't that people... not what we all would have done? We're like, uh, I got something to do. <laughs> yeah, we've got dogs to be saving. Apparently, people said that that was John Jacob Astor did that, which there's no evidence to say that he did, but I like to imagine that, that it was him that did yeah, that. Yeah, it's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, it's a sort of flight. <laughs> so, so back to like when, when On On Glory was like planning this open world Titanic game, and it's like, well, you, you choose your own fate on the ship. I'm going to free the freaking dogs. <laughs> yeah, you just free roam to do what you want. It would be awful if, like, you could, like, part of the game was, do you free the dogs or do you not free the dogs? Could you imagine not freeing the dogs? Like, what monster would play that <laughs> game and, and not free the dogs? Like, I, I think that's, like, kind of hard if you want to really make an open-world Titanic game because there's so many, well, unanswered questions, but also so many possibilities you have to consider in making the game. Like, what sort of options do we want the player to have? And if freeing the dogs is one of them. Yeah, how much power do we want to give them? It was like, um, who I think, was it Sebastian? Or someone sent a clip from a documentary of like James Cameron, Ken Marshall, and like a few, quite a few other people um, talking about what they could have done to not prevent the sinking, but potentially save more people. So, you know, buy more time or, you know, I think... Yeah, that, that's from like the 20 years later thing, yeah. Yeah, James Cameron, his one was a bit outlandish. I was like, fair and everyone at the table was like okay jim uh he was like you know just back the ship up and put everyone on the iceberg and it's like it's pitch black it's made of ice <laughs> like sir i mean cannot... ice is not really like a good thing with friction so you're gonna just no <laughs> no safety concerns on that one just pop them on the bird and that's it <laughs> yeah, it's like we need to cut all their hands and butts off because they get like major frostbite but you know they survived i guess um but then Ken Marshall was like, I would have taken every single life jacket and thrown it like down where the holes were to like not stop the flooding, but severely slow it down. And, and I was like, would that have worked? Like every single life I, jacket? I think they had like a guy on the team who was like working with simulators of that sort of thing. And they calculated they could have actually either stopped or reduced the sinking by having all the life bills. But like they agreed upon was like, how do you get like what two thousand people to mm. agree to give you their life yeah. bills, and then not only that, but getting those two some thousand something life bills into that section down of the there and time, yeah, because while the water is pouring in with I don't know how many gallons per second or liters or whatever you're measuring. Because yeah, let's say everyone agreed and was like, okay, I'll trust you, random man. Um, <laughs> the ship had capacity for like over four thousand people. Um, so, I mean, that's a lot of life belts and, you know, it's cork, so it would expand slightly. The canvas would absorb some of the water. So it's like you could potentially claw, even if you just put them all in one compartment, because they were one compartment away from being able to stay afloat. Um, but not five, not five. Um, yeah, that was boiler so, room, oh, was it five, boiler room five? 
or six or yeah. yeah something like that. It was like a cold bunker that was keeping the water away as far as I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So like Thomas Andrews just like opens the door and is like, throw them in, boys. And everyone's like, <laughs> to, the, to the point where they're like bursting out of the room. They're like, I love that. Yeah. I think that's uh, a great idea. We definitely should have tried this. <laughs> they, they should have. See, when I build my five replicas, the sixth one will not be touched. When I build my five replicas, we can do that. We can get like, <laughs> I feel like Facebook, that feels makes... like, that feels like a joke that will be made. You know, the movie Airplane, but if it was Titanic. That. Just a sketch with Thomas Andrews opening the doors, like put them in, boys, and they just like fight for one pass with life belts. And then everyone that doesn't have a life belt, they realize the ship's still gonna sink and they're like, I can't swim. <laughs> that, 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 that's like the deleted scene from, from, from that version of Titanic. It's just the this ship can't sink. I assure you he can. Unless. Yeah, unless <laughs> that would be so I love airplane, it's so funny. So what's the um it's along the same vein. I think it's is it Spaceballs, and it's like the Star Wars parody. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Space, that's very funny. Very funny. Um, they they should make like a proper like big budget Titanic parody film. Um, we that we need like, that. Like like Titanic so horror many films. Yeah, yeah. Spaceballs is so iconic. I love the combing desert scene. <laughs> But, um... Well, have you guys seen um, how ridiculous that like Titanic two one is, where like uh, yeah. <laughs> that one girl gets like chopped in half by one of the doors? Yeah, Titanic like the tsunami and iceberg or whatever it was. I don't... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like put she can only go forty eight knots. Put her push her to fifty. Oh no, engine troubles. <laughs> Who wrote the script? <laughs> It it's the so fact funny. they like they called it Titanic Two, and it's like I get it, but I remember at the time a few of my friends on Facebook thought it was like an actual sequel, and I was like, how can you make a sequel about a ship that sank? Like that <laughs> that makes no sense. Oh, like, oh there's like this. I don't remember the name of the YouTube channel, but there's like legit someone who made trailers for Titanic Two using clips from Romeo and Juliet. I remember. Jack and I think he even made one for a for a third movie where you know you have he edited this scene where it's like it's 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 what, what's the name of the guy with the expedition in the movie but anyways it's just like who is this it's jack dawson i told you wanted to take the call or something like that it's I, very very well done i had written a like a short story in english one year and it was about how jack had actually survived changed his name to jay gatsby and like he's had the heart of the ocean in his jacket and so that's how he became um gatsby with all that money it was like a whole conspiracy theory <laughs> and there's there's a whole thing in the great gatsby where he's he doesn't like water um, he doesn't like water and he and does the whole raising the drink thing <laughs> He, he is Gatsby is uh, Jack Dawson confirmed. I love that. It's a it's a multiverse. The, the Jack Dawson. We multiverse. never knew. We never knew. Speaking speaking of Titanic two, are any of you aware that that that, that movie has a sequel? What Titanic is there a Titanic three? A yeah, by by the same production company. It's called Titanic six six six. Oh, oh those, yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. I like, just watched the trailer. It's on the Titanic three. It's it just is on the Titanic three. Yeah, you you already hate that female character in the first scene where it's just like, oh my god, look at that ship. 
Oh no! Yeah, it's horrible. It's just terrible. Uh, the whole, the plot the plot is they're on the Titanic three because obviously no one can learn their mistakes. And then I think obviously. an ancestor of someone who was on the act on the first Titanic starts doing some paranormal hullabaloo to summon the dead. And then obviously the ship ends up sinking anyway. It's wild. Captain Smith died just so that we could have him in like a zombie form. That's that's yeah. fundamentally. I hope I hope he knew that. I hope he's happy. I hope you're happy. I, I'm I'm just thinking <laughs> of that book I found. What was it like Deck C or something? It's a set or whatever that's like about a zombie apocalypse. I have that book. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh my I haven't read it, but I have I'm it. So Floodford was just like, oh my god. Lion, you would have survived. I, I would have made sure you survived. I'd have thrown myself in the water if it meant that you, you would have fought Lytol. You would have just been like, you know, fucking come and get me. I'd be like, you can have every life belt to plug that hole except Lion's. Lion needs a life belt. <laughs> and like Lion's drifting away on a life belt. <laughs> it's on top of it. Baking. It's on top of it. It's, it's so bad. I can't imagine like being on the Carpathia and like my husband has like died and my son has died and then there's like millionaire first class people walking their dogs and like can you can you imagine how salty you'd be like yeah. so, oh like that'd be wild to be watching them like um because it was um what's what's their name i the duff gordons wasn't it um because their lifeboat got dubbed the millionaire lifeboat because they were on it, and yeah. they, they apparently paid people to like let them on it, which I don't think they, they didn't do that. Um, I, I so think it wasn't the theory that they paid people to not let anyone else on it. Jesus, that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> that's even worse. I don't think that's been proven. I just want to say that. <laughs> Can you imagine like there was four people on it, including them, and they're like, right, we're full. Here's like. <laughs> 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 offering their money out of like kindness and then everyone else yeah was that was insulted, and they were like what <laughs> like we just lost our entire lives and you guys are just throwing it away yeah i i, I, I think it's just like one of those situations where you're saying like uh you you, you want to help but you don't know how and then they had money so i guess that's sort of the mentality yeah it's like rich people being out of touch like during lockdown when all these millionaires started singing imagine by John Lennon and like posting <laughs> yeah. it online, and it was just really tone deaf and cringy. So like, it was awful. You can imagine uh, like the the Gordons, the Duff Gordons, like throwing money at all these grieving widows in this boat, being like, "It's probably okay. You can buy a new house." And it's like, okay, I guess. Like picking up all this money in the dark and like wiping your tears with a hundred dollar bill. Like, That's <laughs> very much like. <laughs> I lost my only spouse, but at least it can buy a car. It's like your dog's really cute, by the way. I like your dog. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I've got two. <laughs> wasn't wasn't the conversation that they were like sitting on the life belt and they, or the lifeboat and they had one of their maids with her and they were like, Oh, there goes that pretty dress we bought you. And people were like <laughs> Yeah, honestly, it's so bad. In fact, does someone in fact I'm maybe making that up? Is there not a line that they use in the Cameron film? Is it Ruth that says it or something? Maybe not. It's maybe not in the Cameron film. But they definitely use that in either a series or a film. And it does just show the detachment from reality um, that people had. Um, 
But then it's like also in fairness, maybe at that point they didn't think that anyone had like died or or I was, was gonna say that, yeah. I think it yeah. might have been just a fair thing to say. It's like then everyone got off, right? You you're not thinking about death in that moment, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Um it's just wild, absolutely wild. Um crazy. It's just it's it's insane. Took, it took a while for people to like realize there was an accident or, or something mm-hmm. happening in the first place. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a yeah. it's a bit mentioned in the Cameron thing where it's like you know they're inside they don't want to be on deck because it's cold, um, but also the fact like how se- how severe the whole thing was. I think yeah. it took some time to like manifest itself in in, in their minds. I mean, people and people are kind of like that unless someone's shouting at you to like to act or to do something, and even then, some people unless they see danger, they're not going to do anything. So there's this YouTube channel, I think I've mentioned it before, and I'll mention it again because it's so good. The channel on YouTube is called Fascinating Horror. His profile picture is a little crow. So, so good. Amazing. And he, did a, he, he did a video about the Woolworths fire. Um, I think it was in like the 70s or the 80s. Um, yeah. And it was basically a big department store. Woolworths was like huge in the UK. Like I used to go to Woolworths with my mum to get like a pick and mix, like sweets, candy. I got my first um, time I got you there. Oh, love it. Love it. Um, they don't exist anymore. It's a shame. But basically, a Woolworths department store went on fire and it was horrific. And um, there was no alarm system. There was no sprinkler system. And so many people died. Uh, and it just, it was needless. It didn't need to happen. But there was a survivor who said that she was running out. And in the cafe of the department store, there were people sitting. And they were pretty chill. They were just kind of like, they were aware that people were leaving. But they hadn't been told they had to leave. And they kind of thought, well, whatever's happening, it's over there. But this survivor could see, because the fire's kind of weird. So the fire was like on the ceiling. And she could see the fire coming across the ceiling of this cafe. And she was shouting to these people in the cafe to leave. And they just, they didn't move. And they all died. Like, it's just, it's wild. Like, people just don't, for some reason. Um, And that fire, um, it was exacerbated by the materials of certain furniture. um, And what was used to, like, make them. And it meant that after that, when you bought furniture... There was, and I remember we had a dining uh, chairs and, and table, and I was like small at the time, and I used to like crawl about under the t- tables and chairs, but hanging from the bottom of every single chair was like a tag, and it said like, which, you know, makes sense. Keep away from fire. Like, you know, I wasn't going to throw my dining chair on a fire, but now, now I definitely won't. And the reason that they put those tags on things after the fire was basically to say to people, you know, if there's a fire. And this chair goes near it, it's going to make it much worse because the the varnish that's on it is very flammable, or the stuffing in the, the seat cover is very flammable. Um, so like the Titanic, something happens and regulations change because of it. This Wilworth fire happened in the UK in like the 70s or the 80s, and, and a lot changed because of it. But then also people just didn't take it seriously in the moment because they thought it would all be okay. Yeah. And because of that, they died. Um so yeah, pe- people's psychology is very complex, very complicated. Um, and I think until you're in that scenario, as much as we're all like Titanic fanatics and watch weird YouTube channels about horrific events, you know, we might also fall victim to the, well, I've not been told to act, therefore I'm not going to. Yeah. Um, 
Because yeah, and yeah. I think it's just part of the mentality. Because I've heard something similar stories. Uh, for instance, we had like a railway accident a few years back uh, where eight, eight people uh, died. And of course, now that I'm undergoing education, we get some stories from, from people over there. And um, one of those was like, uh, my teacher was saying that he asked one of his colleagues, like, what was it like uh, when, when people got out there to the, to the scene of the accident? And it was like, quiet, people were just sitting in the train waiting, uh, the train that had been hit by, by something uh, on the bridge. They were just sitting there waiting, and so I can imagine, like on on a thing like Titanic, that you know people would be like, I don't know if you could call it like a shock state or something, but at least like you say, just a waiting mode, something like you know you haven't heard anything, you don't know how to act because people act differently. Uh, some yeah. people in the Titanic situation might have been like, oh, I'm gonna help wherever I can, or or mm-hmm. something like that, and then others would have just been like, I haven't received any information, I'm just gonna sit here and wait until I get some. And it's quite a British thing to do as well, I think. Um, you know, in the film, and it might be a bit problematic, but like Molly Brown is portrayed as, you know, she marches up to the steward and she says, you know, what's going on? You've told us to like put on our life belts and now we're just fucking chilling. Like, come on. Whereas like the British people are much more kind of obedient and just being quite quiet about the whole thing. And, you know, and it, it is a thing and it's so true. It's the one stereotype about British people that I'll be like, it's true we're too polite to a fault you know i'll be walking over to a door that's like half a mile away and someone will hold the door for me and i'm like now i've got to run or now i've got to like speed up and it's like you could have just let the door close like i wouldn't have spat you like in the face like i would have just you know i don't care but like people are like really really polite um and it's fine but yeah i can just imagine you God forbid you made a fuss, you know, there's like water up to your knees and you're like, oh, I don't want to cause a scene. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. You know? <laughs> What's the British saying? Uh, a tough, tough upper lip. That's the one, I think. <laughs> yes, yes, stiff upper lip, absolutely. Um, but part of me does think if I was in that side, I would, I'd cause a scene. I'd be like, yeah. Um, and then I'd survive, it'd be like totally fine and people would laugh at me and be like, well, um, well, you never know until you're in that style. And hopefully, no, exactly. ho- hopefully we never are. Um, but yeah. So so I need to dip out. Um, but unless there was anything else, and like I said, this is another if we come up with because actually I think it's a good one to do every now and again, because it's not like a specific topic, it's not one that requires like research per se. It can kind of just be you've read something recently or you've heard something and you're like, I can just want to discuss random little things here and there. Um, so, you know, this, I think, will be a topic that we do every now and again, which is nice. Um, Feels yeah. like a lovely open topic, like like it's nothing like fixed, like we've talked about light or any sort of other aspects, but, you know, just tonight's conversation has taken us down all sorts of avenues. I feel yeah. it's, it's been great. Good, I'm glad. Um, was there anything else that people wanted to mention or bring up or kind of finish on? Um, no, I, I hope you have all had fun. I've had fun. It's been, it's actually been so nice uh, doing this again. Um, with like a good, it has been a while. Yeah. Did we all have a good summer? Um, a good few months over summer. Yeah. That was alright. Yeah. <laughs> it was alright. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was like fairly uneventful. Um, very hot though. Like Britain got that weird, like crazy um heat wave. Which two just... heat waves. Yeah. Gosh, it was um. But now it's like, I'm looking outside, it's like raining and dark. And I'm like, but I like autumn. 
and I'm looking forward to Halloween. Um, I like Halloween, so yeah, pausing for some spooky season vibes. <laughs> scary. And we can scary. watch Titanic six 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 in preparation for Halloween. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, we can roast it. <laughs> Ross I don't know if you want to do that. Time to talk Titanic reacts. Yeah. Let's do a watch party. It'll be our Halloween episode. I'll Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'll I'll join in The fact that Titanic now has like a Halloween kind of film is just insane. But we've got it now, you know? Um we have Titanic 666. It's Halloween, it's on topic. I'm seeing a lot of wins. It's it's like when you were saying, oh, there should be a Titanic parody film. It's just like, oh, people might think it's disrespectful, but there is no way you can possibly be more disrespectful than Titanic Six Six Six. Exactly. Yeah, they have, they have, they've said the bar. Yeah. Because <laughs> at least in Ghostbusters, they were just ghosts. They weren't like flesh-eating zombies. You know, it's it wasn't like... the captain of the ship. Like that's a person. <laughs> like you know who that is. Ghostbusters is just a cameo. I know. I love that scene in Ghostbusters. Such a good film. Um, but yeah, better late than never. What watch along party of Titanic Six Six Six? And I think another episode idea I'd had was talking about our favorite depictions of either like the sinking or just the story in general. Um, so that could be whether it was in a documentary. Um, whether it was like a series of paintings, whether it was from in a film, because um, I think it'd be cool to discuss because there's so much media, Titanic media. Titanic so in it. media is a very interesting one. I did yeah. I did my essay on that one. I think I sent it to you. You did, and I really enjoyed it. Um, and I did like a whole um, kind of list, like chronologically breaking down. Um, there were some I missed out. I'd like to do like a second one because I didn't take into account like books, paintings. Um, I think I mentioned the musical. Yeah, I did mention the musical. Um, but yeah, so so lots of and we need to get the Charles Droffen actor on. Um, Presley was super excited for that one, so I'm going to set that one up. Um, and he seems like such a fun guy. Like I think he'd be like really up for that. Um, so yeah, it's been fun, and hopefully not too long till the next one, people. Um, like I said, I'm recording next week with Jordan. Um, I'll send out the invites just to everyone as usual. Um, so if you're free, I can't remember if it's the Saturday or Sunday that Jordan said he was free. So I'll, I'll double check. Um, but I'll, I'll just send them out to everyone and hopefully you can make it. And if not, see you at the next one. Very looking forward to it. It's been nice being back. It's been it nice. Glad. I'm glad you were able to make it. Yeah. Very happy. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for introducing me. You did a, a good job. Very good job. Yes, six out of six. <laughs> six, six, six. Right. Uh, enjoy the rest of your evening or day. Um, and yeah, see you soon. And we'll chat soon in the in the group chat. Peace out. Bye. 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 Aaron, I wanted to ask you something really quick. Oh, sure, no problem. <laughs>